Well, good evening and welcome to our Bible study. And if you have your Bibles, if you turn with me to Genesis chapter 50, and we're going to read through from verse 15. So it's Genesis chapter 50, starting to read at verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers their sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intend to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for these words. And as we come now and gather around them in your presence, we ask that you speak to us through them, that we might see the depth of what's happening here, that we might see beyond Joseph, that we might look towards Jesus and that we might see something of him, and that we might consider ourselves as we consider these brothers of Joseph. And Father, we just ask that you lead us now by the power of your Holy Spirit as we gather around your word, and we ask it in the precious name of our Saviour, Jesus. Amen. Well, this passage for this evening, I've actually titled it Forgiven or not forgiven? In other words, has Joseph forgiven his brothers? Verse 15 of that chapter, When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrong things we did to him? So what they're doing here, they're discussing among themselves this question. The question is, did Joseph act as though he has forgiven us, and did he only do it for the sake of our father? If so, now that our father is dead, will he take out his revenge upon us? Now from this verse here, we can learn a lot about the brothers. First of all, they knew that they were guilty. Secondly, they knew that they deserved to be punished. And thirdly, I think they knew that if the boot was on the other foot, they would want revenge. So first of all, they know that they are guilty. How do we know this? Well, the text tells us, Genesis 42, verse 21 to 23. They said to one another, Surely we're being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life. But we wouldn't listen. 
That's why this distress has come upon us. Reuben replied, Didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? But you wouldn't listen. Now we must give an accounting for his blood. At this point in the text, you'll remember that they didn't know that this powerful Egyptian leader was their brother. They didn't seem, no, they didn't see him, or they hadn't seen him for over 20 years. But the guilt was still real. The guilt was still within them. And from what they said, they had presumed that sometime during those 20 years, Joseph must have died. They knew that they deserved to be punished. Again, we go back and we remember what we've already looked at. Genesis 42 verse 28. My silver has been returned, he said to his brothers. Here it is in my sack. And their hearts sank and they turned to each other trembling. So what is this that God has done to us? This is when they found the silver in their sacks and they were worried. And they thought that it was God judging them. So from that they knew that they were guilty. And they knew that they were guilty before God. Genesis 44 verse 16. What can we say to my Lord? Judah replied. What can we say? How can we prove our innocence? God has uncovered your servant's guilt. We are now my Lord's slaves. We ourselves and the one who was found to have the cup. And this is when they found Joseph's silver cup in, in the sacks. And their guilt is uncovered. What they thought was only known to them. That was the guilt of what they'd done to their brother Joseph when they sold him into slavery. This was also known by God. So they know that if the boot was on the other foot that they would want revenge. Okay, let's go to Genesis 44, verse 27 to 28. Your servant my father said to us, You know that my wife bought two sons. One of them went away from me. And I said, He's surely been torn to pieces. And I have not seen him since. These are words spoken to Joseph by the brothers. I want you to consider those words for a moment. And think that when Joseph heard this, he didn't know that they had told his father about what really happened to him. They hadn't told their father that he'd been taken into slavery. They had said that Joseph had been torn to pieces. Now, they were not aware that they were in the presence of Joseph on this occasion when they talked about this. But after Joseph had revealed to him who he was, they would understand how he would not only see the hurt that they had done to him, but also the hurt that they had done to their father. And they'd be thinking, how could Joseph forgive them for such a heinous act and not hold a grudge against them? They know that they're guilty. They know that their actions had brought grief and sorrow to Joseph. 
and Joseph now knows the grief and sorrow they have caused their father. So how can Joseph forgive them and not hold a grudge against them? You know, we can sometimes be like that, can't we? We we have a wrong done to us and we say we've forgiven that person, but inwardly we still hold that grudge against them. So you can't blame these brothers for thinking like this. Then we come to verse 16. So they sent word to Joseph saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. Okay, question for us. Did Jacob really leave these instructions before he died? I don't think so. I think if he was going to say something like this, he would have said it while he was alive and he probably would have said it when all the brothers were together. Is it just that the brothers here are using Joseph's love for his father to make him forgive them? If this is the case, it's blackmail. So we come to verse 17. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs that they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When the message came to him, Joseph wept. The bringing this plea to Joseph supposedly from their dead father and the referring to themselves as servants of the God of Jacob the playing every card they hold in order to win the sympathy of Joseph why did Joseph weep? did Joseph weep because of the lack of trust that they had in his actions and in his words I think that's more than likely the reason. He wept because of the disappointments of their lack of faith and trust in the things that he said and the things that he did. In verse 18 of chapter 50, his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. What's happened here is that they have sent messengers to Joseph pleading for him to forgive them. They've now obviously been sent for, come to his house or been brought to his house. And what do they do when they get there? They throw themselves down on the floor before him and they say that they are his slaves. You know, this is another occasion on which the early dreams of Joseph are fulfilled. They, his brothers, bow down to him again. This time they come to Joseph and offer to serve him in payment for his forgiveness. Can they pay for his forgiveness? No. Do they have to pay for his forgiveness? No. Why not? Because he has already graciously forgiven them. Why has he done that? Why? Because he loves them. Just keep those things in mind. As before we go any further, we start to look 
at Joseph. And you'll see here, Joseph is a type of Christ. We could spend a lot of time in talking about this, but we'll just go through it briefly. And I think that on reflection, you're probably ahead of me and you probably know how these similarities are there. Joseph wept. Genesis 42, verse 24. He turned away from them and began to weep, but then came back and spoke to them again. He had Simeon taken from them and bound before their eyes. This was back in chapter 42. He wept on that occasion because he loved them. But at that time, they were not ready for him to forgive them. Genesis 43, verse 30. Deeply moved at the sight of his brothers, Joseph hurried out and looked for a place to weep. He went into his private room and wept there. Joseph wept on that occasion because of the deep affection he had for those who had hurt him. He'd heard about them talking and he was reminded of the hurt that they'd done to him and to his father. And he longed for them to love him as he loved them. It caused him to weep. Genesis 45. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants. And he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence? So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Why did he weep? He wanted them to know who he was. And he wanted them to know his forgiveness. Genesis 45 verse 15 And he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterwards his brothers talked with him. Why did he weep on this occasion? Well, this time he shed tears of joy. Joyful at this great reunion. You see, Joseph was loved by his father. Hated by his brothers. He loved his brothers and was gracious towards them. Isaiah 53, verse 3. We're reading about somebody else here now. This is what Isaiah said. He was pleased. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Let's read that again. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Isaiah is speaking about Jesus, God's beloved son. Joseph was betrayed 
and he was sold for 20 pieces of silver by those who were close to him, by his brothers. Then Matthew 26, verse 14 and 16, we read this. And again, this is about Jesus. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him thirty pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Thirty pieces of silver. Joseph was wrongly accused. He was convicted and suffered as an innocent man at the hands of a liar. You see the connection here between Joseph and Jesus and how we can draw these parallels. We go to Isaiah chapter 53 and we read in verse 4 and 5. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Joseph was used by God to save his family and the people of the nation of Egypt. Isaiah again, again chapter 53, this time verse 11. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will be justified, will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Let me read that again. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. This is all part of God's plan for a promised land for his people. Eventually, the blessings of all nations. We go back to our passage in chapter 50 of Genesis, verse 19 through to 21. But Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph tells them not to be afraid. How many times do we read that Jesus spoke those words? Fear not, do not be afraid. I am with you. So Joseph tells them, his brothers, do not be afraid. I know that your intention was to harm me. Don't be afraid. I not only forgave you, I also made provision for you. Be reassured, this is all of 
God. That was the message from Joseph to his brothers. And this brings us to the verse that we started with as we began our study in this passage. In the light of our uncertainty of the days of this COVID-19, wondering, was God with us? Is God with us? Can we trust him? We don't understand. We don't fully know what's going on. Well, that verse that we started with right at the beginning, way back then, was Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We are like Joseph's brothers. We are, by our very nature, guilty before God. God is aware of our sin. Nothing is hidden from him. And we all deserve to be punished by God. But God loves us. Doesn't want us to suffer from our guilt. He doesn't want us to suffer the results of our sin. And we don't need to. Because someone has suffered in our place. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's just look at that first. For the wages of sin is death. That is what we deserve. Not just to die in our bodies. But for our souls. To suffer that eternal death. But. Good word that. But the gift of God. Well it's a gift. We don't earn it. It is by God's grace. And the gift of God is in contrast to that eternal death is eternal life. But that eternal life is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, when we take Jesus as our Saviour, we need to continue to trust that he has forgiven us. We shouldn't be like Joseph's brothers and doubt the fact that we are forgiven. Their doubt caused Joseph to weep why? Because of the lack of trust they had in his actions and in his words. So as believers, on those occasions when we might begin to doubt our salvation, look into God's word, because the answer's found there. And don't let it be because of the lack of trust that we have in his words of salvation and his act of sacrifice. Colossians 2 verse 13 When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh God made you alive with Christ He forgave us all our sins Get that? All our sins. 1 John 5 verse 13 I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. John is writing to believers and he's reassuring them and us so that we might know that we have eternal life. Matthew 28 verse 20 And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He's with us always to the very end of the age. 
I could quote many verses there, and we can take encouragement from them. Let's just finish by considering um, a hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. And again, let's just think of the words. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit and washed in his blood. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions rapture burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Saviour am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above. Filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Saviour all day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Saviour all day long. And may that be for each and every one of us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this time you spent around your word and... We thank you for the depth of this passage where we read about Joseph and his brothers, but really we see something of Jesus. We see something of ourselves. And our Father, we thank you for the, the fullness of the gift of salvation that you, you give to us when we come to you in true repentance. And when we accept that, our Father, help us not to doubt. Help us to continue to trust in the power of what you did on the cross. And help us not to cause you to weep because of our lack of faith. Our Father, we just pray that you will keep us strong, strong in you. Particularly in these days of COVID-19, when we are separated from each other physically. But we thank you again that we can meet in this way. As we ask our continued blessing upon each and every one of us. And in the name of Jesus we ask it. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for that. And... Um, I must apologise in the middle of that. <laughs> you probably realised the phone went as somebody was trying to get hold of me. I did hear, spell, uh, hear Stella on the other end of the phone saying that. He's busy at the moment, he'll call back. So I don't know who it was. Um, if it was one of you, don't worry, it's not a problem. And um, God's word is there, we listen to God's word. Not to the phone ringing in, in the, the middle. So... May God bless you, and if you're free a little bit later, uh, we can meet together on Zoom, if you have access to Zoom. So may God bless you, and may we all say Amen to these things. Amen. God bless. Bye now. <laughs>